Welcome to 1514, a podcast of the Biblical Counseling Coalition. Our goal is to help Christians understand the truth of Romans 15:14 that they are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, and able to counsel one another. I'm one of your hosts, Curtis Solomon. And I'm Lincoln Liu, your other host. Be sure to check out other resources from the BCC at biblicalcc.org. Thank you for joining us for this episode of 1514. It's a delight to have you as part of our audience. This episode is an interview that I got to do with Lakin and Joe Keller, who is a longtime friend and BCC council member. Joe currently serves as executive pastor at Grace Baptist Church in Santa Clarita, California, where we will all be this next week for the ACBC annual conference. Uh, excited to be out there in person with Joe, as well as the many other people we'll be there with. If you listen to this episode and you happen to be attending the conference and want to come by and say hi, please do. Our team would be delighted to see you. I hope you enjoy this episode and continue listening. Thanks so much for being a part of our audience. This season of 1514 is brought to you in part by the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary and Boyce College. A lifetime of faithfulness in counseling, preaching, teaching, and discipling begins with an education that is trusted for truth. Southern Seminary and Boyce College offer undergraduate, master's level, and doctoral degrees in biblical counseling that you can trust to be scripturally grounded and life-transforming. The aim of our program at Boyce College is to prepare graduates to serve in counseling ministries and to position them for graduate-level training in biblical counseling. If your next step in counseling is earning a master's or doctoral degree, Southern Seminary equips our graduates fully online or on campus to counsel God's Word faithfully and skillfully in both individuals and families. To learn more about an undergraduate biblical counseling degree, go to boycecollege.com slash 1514. That's boycecollege.com slash 1514. For more information about graduate-level credentials, the web address is sbts.edu 1514. You will also find direct links to these degree programs in the show notes of today's 1514 episode. Thanks so much for listening. Joe Keller, thanks so much for being with us on 1514 today. Uh, would you go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience? Yeah, sure. So my name is Joe Keller, and uh, I get the opportunity to serve as an executive pastor at Grace Baptist Church here in Santa Clarita. I've uh, been married for uh, 26 years. I have four kids. We are in the teen years, so that would be uh, 19, 17, 14, and then those are all boys. Then the wow. Lord gave us a redheaded daughter, and she is 11, so she certainly brings balance to the force in our home. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Uh, so we're going to spend some time getting to know you personally, yeah. Joe. This is uh, you're a member of the BCC Council, and we just want people to to know different people and where they're at and what they're doing in the biblical counseling world, but also where they came from and what different things God used to shape them. Uh, so, Lakin is back to help co-host this. Lakin, why don't you launch the next question? All righty. Joe, where did you grow up and what was Sorry, your childhood? I'm still, Lincoln, I'm still just laughing over your voice right now. I just, <laughs> I got to tell you, it's just, it's fantastic. I love it. We were talking pre-show that you're doing a bunch of stuff at at boys, which is fantastic, but I think it's very important. You know, this is a biblical counseling podcast, Lincoln. So I just want to make sure that you know, you just uh, you know, you're not smoking ten packs of cigarettes That's before right. you come That's on to the me. show. So that is All not right. me, Lincoln. I'm sorry. Okay, so go ahead. <laughs> All right, Joe. Where did you grow up, and what was your childhood like? 
You know what? I I grew up born and raised, born and raised in San Jose, California. And so actually, as a matter of fact, my mom still lives in the same home that she brought me home from the hospital from. And uh, that's where I, that's where I was born and raised. So this it's um, yeah. So we we were just kind of your um, kind of a regular family. And my my mom and my dad were both Catholic. And so I was, I was really born and raised Catholic, went to catechism, went to Catholic school, whole nine yards. And, uh, through, through a high school, through a high school relationship that my mom reconnected with, uh, locally in town, uh, she, uh, she knew her friend knew and understood the true gospel. And through God's kindness, uh, my mom came to saving faith and uh and then a couple years after that um or shortly thereafter that my dad uh, came to faith as well so one of these interesting things about me growing up is that there was a time where we would go my brother and i it's just my brother and i we would go to mass in the morning and then we would go to the 11 o'clock service in our local evangelical church in town and so uh, we did that uh, we did that for a while uh and then when I was in the sixth grade, uh, that uh, that the Lord drew my family into kind of that uh, kind of that stage uh, that stage of life, and to be able to then grow up around kind of Christian community. So my mom was the church secretary, and uh, they had a Christian school, and went to that uh, Christian school as well. And so that was just kind of my my general upbringing. Very grateful. So I was a latchkey kid. Um, you know, rode my bike around and my mom, my mom worked and, uh, yeah, I was very grateful for my childhood. So Joe, tell us, uh, besides those, those things, anything else about your childhood that stands out? What kind of activities were you into? What other stuff did you, what was Joe like as a kid? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. It's a lot of probably, you know, whatever, probably 30 years, 30 years unsanctified, that's for sure. But, you know, it's just, uh, I enjoyed, enjoyed life, right? Just, uh, just dove into uh, whatever was in front of me and um, uh, played, uh, played and understood a little bit of the sporting, kind of the sports world and uh, did that recreationally growing up. And um, yeah, but it wasn't really, it wasn't really until kind of like my, my junior high years, uh, my junior high years where I kind of like, I got into a whole bunch of trouble and, uh, kind of tried to set my life straight. And so that was a little bit of a challenging time growing up and doing those kinds of things. Uh, but my, it was interesting. It was kind of my, when I was in high school, kind of in my, uh, probably on my sophomore year. And this, I don't even know why I'm sharing this. What are we doing? I don't even know why I'm sharing these things, why this would be interesting, but, but the, uh, but it was, I was a junior, I was a junior in high school and somebody introduced me to theater, improv, theater, uh, juggling, ventriloquism, comedy, I just, the whole nine yards and I totally got into it. And it was a lot of fun for me. I just, I found that those kinds of people were my kind of people. And um, yeah, it was a lot of, it was a lot of fun. So, so yeah, it was just kind of your kind of a hodgepodge of all that youth group (laughs) through all of those things, uh, running with the youth group kids, uh, for probably the majority of my experience was probably characterized by those people and those relationships. That's why I have a deep heart for young people too. I think those were just very formative years for me. And, uh, so, you know, I had my school friends, I had my neighborhood friends, but it was really my church youth group 
those kids that I really ran with and uh, had to be able to enjoy a lot of fun in that way. That's great. Tell us about your college years. Um, where did you go and what did you study? Yeah, so I, uh, it's kind of a great, great little story. And again, you guys can edit all of these things, but you know, and your listeners, uh, your market, they probably all stopped listening about five minutes ago. But nonetheless, if they're still here, uh, we, it's, it's a great story. So I, uh, you know, during those high school years, one of the reasons why I care so much about it during those times is because I just lived an absolutely hypocritical life. So I didn't know Jesus. Um, I, I was around it. I was in youth group. I was, I mean, I probably prayed the prayer and rededicated my life every winter and summer camp at Hume Lake all the way mm-hmm. through like junior high and high school. But it just, it wasn't, it wasn't real. And so uh, again, it was in the context of friendship, true friendship that um, some friends of mine, after I'd graduated high school had really pulled me aside and they just said, Hey, look, we know. And I'm like, what do you mean? You know, (laughs) saying we know that you claim, you claim to know Jesus and to follow him, but we know that your life is different than that. And even more importantly, not only do we know, but the Lord knows. And so brought me to passages, you know, like James 4, you know, and Revelation and just going to listen, you just, you can't have it both ways. And so the Lord had used that moment and they brought me to the scriptures um, and they had kind of left me to kind of, (laughs) kind of digest it all. And in the process of that, that the Lord the Lord drew me into saving faith, repented mm-hmm. of my sins. He gave me new eyes and it it created a new appetite in me that was just, um, that was that was new and it was a desire to know and to understand his word and to actively to engage with others to be able that they might know that as well. And so I just, <clears throat> I went, man, the only thing that I would want to do is to be in vocational ministry. And I tried to think about, hey, was there anything else that I could do? And in the end, it uh, it ended up being, I said, no, there's nothing else. I didn't I didn't know anything about what ministry was, or didn't have a concept of that. Um, I th- I think if I probably did, you know, if I probably did the weight of all of that, I probably you know, I would have thought about, <laughs> probably would have thought about it differently. But you know, there's like all those fine prints, but the glossy brochure. I'm like, yeah, I want my life to matter in that. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do anything else. And so then, well, I wanted to go, then obviously I want to go back to those days that were so formative for me during those youth, those youth ministry days. And so um went to my youth pastor and said, where, what do I do? Like, I want to just, what do I do? He mm-hmm. said, you need to get trained. I said, okay, where do I get trained? <laughs> and he said, he said, there's this place called the master's college. It's in Newhall. And uh, that is where you want to get trained. At the time, uh, they had a youth ministry program uh, that just was remarkable. And uh, and he goes, this is, if you want to be youth pastor, this is where you want to go. So other dramatic, you know, you know, flash forward, all these different events that happened to where I actually got the opportunity to go. Uh, again, there is no reason, uh, no reason at all why in the world that I should be able to be able to go. Um and and the Lord provided a way, just in remarkable ways. I sat down with sat down with my academic advisor. <laughs> so all of that set up for this one moment. I sat down with my my academic advisor, and um, and I said, "Hey, I'm uh, I'm here. I want to be a youth ministry major. 
I'll be a youth pastor, serve the Lord in ministry. He goes, you don't want to be a youth ministry major. I go, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? No, let me get this straight. Like, no, I'm here. I'm here to, you know. And so he goes, no, listen, what, what students need is they need to know and understand God's word. And if you want to impact students, you got to know how to teach the Bible. And, and so you should be, you should be a biblical exposition major. And then in all of your electives, take youth ministry electives and take biblical counseling electives Mm. and then serve in your local church as a, as in youth ministry. He goes, that will get you best equipped to be able to serve. And that just set a trajectory for me uh, in knowing and understanding God's word to, to then really dive into how does that map onto people and how can I be a part of that? Mm-hmm. And um, so that's been, that was remarkable. So then when I was there, like we were talking about, we were talking earlier on pre-show, we were, we were talking about um, just that experience of being in residency and learning in a place that held high God's word and wanted to see that translated into everyday moments of life being in residency and around seminary graduate students and other staff within that student life department that really modeled for me as a young person, what discipleship was. And I never experienced it before in this kind of way where you were, where you were moving in, in a winsome and yet ordinary yet supernaturally transformative way in the context of friendship and relationships to map on God's word into somebody's experience so that they might flourish. It just, it was captivating to me. I couldn't get enough of it. So, so I was, I was there in my undergrad. And um, so again, I was, I mean, that was, that was also, that was also the time where um, they had recently made a shift in their counseling department. So they had essentially the the president had eliminated the psychology department and they brought in really as what I understand in the history of biblical counseling, it was the first, it was the first um, residential undergraduate program in biblical counseling at the time. Wayne Mack was there, he was the chair. And so, um, so I was there listening to and hearing from him heart model change um understanding how the role of scriptures map on and so that while my peers were wrestling through those same things and in a context of loving leadership and care just just framed out for me um really what now has just been a, a just a life pursuit of what does it mean to know and to understand what is happening in reality and to know where does Jesus Christ and his word empowered by the Holy Spirit map onto that? Because it does, because it does. And the adventure of that in the context of friendship uh, was my experience as an undergrad. So you know how these things go, Lakin, right? It's like, you, you, you're done and you need a job and they had... They had a they had a spot open 
they had a spot open in their media department in student life. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, and I'm a creative and I enjoy, you know, I enjoy film and that. And so I kind of hung out there when I was an undergrad and we'd write skits and do silly things in chapel. And, and so they said, Hey, would you, would you want to, would you want to do this job? And I remember I was uh, dating well, who is now my wife at the time. And I said, I said, you know what, if, um, if I, if I take this job, the only that I would get to be in all the staff meetings, I get to be in all the chapels, I get to be at all the events, and I get to actually be around the people and to learn how they do it. And that's why I took the job. Mm. So I got to be all the, you know, all the discipleship meetings, all the staff meetings, all the training meetings. I got to uh, be a part of all that stuff. And so long story short, you, you know how these things go. You stand around and somebody else leaves and they were sweeping somewhere and they need somebody to sweep there. And so you go ahead and you do that. And, um, and I just, uh, just found that, that in that context, learning and living together, that, um, was really, was really grateful for it. They had a really, a really great discount at the time, uh, for seminary. And so I was able to, go and do seminary while I was serving in these different capacities and was there for, uh, was ended up staying there uh, for a long time and uh, got to serve in a lot of different capacities, all within, all within student life um, and uh, student services, student affairs to be able to go, okay, what you're learning in the classroom and to know and understand who God is and the authority of his word and how it applies to everything in life. Then once they walked out the class or out of the classroom, we had a team of people who just said, all right, let's live it out. And it just was an immense privilege and it transformed my life too, which is just like, I mean, just the wonderful thing about your college experience and even those other things is like as much as you're, giving and you're contributing that your life is transformed too. So my, my life is different and has been transformed because of my undergrad, my undergrad experience, which has set a trajectory for kind of a focus in terms of life and ministry. Mm. Now you talk a lot about um, the context of friendship. Can you give, do. yeah, you love that topic. <laughs> I can tell. I do. Um, so what does that either look like in your life now um, at your age and in your ministry? And what does the context of friendship look like also in the biblical counseling world? You know what? I tell you that it really is, I believe wholeheartedly that the way in which that you grow and you're able to digest and to understand God's word and to actually move that into life that it really is in the context of relationships. It's in the context of friendship. I, w I wish that every time that I heard a sermon or I read a book that it would, that it, that I would instantly change, mm -hmm. but I, I need friends to be able to help me to see myself in ways that I can't on my own. I mean, I mean, like even practically, I can't see the back of my head without help. And, uh, and I can't really see all that's happening in my heart without a friend to be able to help me to think about how I think 
and to be a both a comfort and a joy in the journey of navigating through those ideas. Mm-hmm. And it's just like a good hike too, right? It's like when I'm out when I'm out in the Sierras by myself, it is a completely different experience than when I'm doing that with a friend. To be able to see things, to be able to experience things, to be able to get through hard things when you're doing that in the context of friendship that it really does realize how God has created humanity to flourish because it really is kind of moving out of his, our own image bearing ability as human beings is reflective of a triune God. And so when I'm in friendship and when I'm in relationships that I'm actually experiencing what it means to be human and that being reframed through redemptive new life, uh, driven by and guided by God's word, it then becomes a way in which that I can experience life that is truly what I've been created to do. And then to be able to share that. So so friendship for me, for me at my age, Lakin, thank you. You know, at my age, you know, we're it's great. Not in a what bad way. Is, I didn't want to guess your age. No, it's great. What happens is is that, you know, people come by, you know, once and they give us food and then, you know, we go and do exercises around the park. And <laughs> it, it's fantastic. It's all kind of built into this community, quote unquote, that I'm a part of. But no, Lakin, I let me tell you, it's um in all all joking aside. You got to fight for it. Mm. You got to fight for it. But I wholeheartedly believe that if you truly have tasted a friendship, that you'll fight for it for the rest of your life. And that is the, that's the sweetest gift that the God has ever given to me is to experience true friendship. And this friendship where it's, ordinary and it's supernatural but what it is is that it's a genuine place where i have somebody else who is who's aligned with it's like what c.s lewis talks about that friendship begins when you're standing next to somebody and you recognize that they see the same things that you see and to be able to have someone who sees the world through through the lens of redemption Mm -hmm. and to be able to have a companion towards that same goal can take people who are totally different, but yet, but yet can move together towards a common goal of what it means to know and to follow Jesus Christ that in the process of that, that it draws affection together. And when you have this affection that isn't built on that you both like pickleball, right? Or you're on the same fantasy football team, but that there's there's a companionship that says we actually see the world the same from the same principled framework. And then to be able to do that together is um, is a remarkable joy. So to know someone shapes how I think, and then to be known shapes how I think. And what I'm being shaped into is not anything other than what does it mean to actually follow Jesus? I I think that true friendship, you know, people talk about accountability and it's like, well, you know, friendship and accountability, but really in the end, it's not that I'm accountable to my friend or that our friendship is what unites us together, but rather it's actually, I have a friend 
who in the end is reminding me and us both of how we think and apply God's word to everything from raising kids to your finances to, you know, what you do on vacation to some movie that you saw. And then also the darkest things of pain and of hurt and of processing and of ministering to people. And because all of those things, all those same same things apply, right? It's like, it's like, it's not like they're categorically different. It's just the weight and the impact of them are, uh, are much, are much, have more consequences, but the same principles to apply. So, so that's the beauty of friendship for me. And I fight for it. I, um, I enjoy and, um, invest in and spend time with people who I've walked with for 30 years. And then I also walk with people that are relatively new that, um, I'm able to experience. Um, I believe that pastoral ministry, is a place that um, that friendship uh, happens and should be enjoyed. I think there's a there's a uniqueness to life and ministry and pastoral care that um, that you can you can enjoy life together in a way that is really meaningful. And so I I'm so grateful for that. And that's that's how the Greater BCC is like. Th- that's what that is for me. I mean the being being a being a part of the Biblical Counseling Coalition is essentially uh, is essentially enjoying friendship. That I I get the opportunity from even just you know so many different vantage points and um, stages of life and um, and experiences, but all under the same core commitment of there's the authority of the Word of God and how does that apply into our hearts and lives and how does that map onto people who are in chaos? Mm. How do we, how do we bring sanity? You know, as David Pastor talks about, how do we bring sanity of the word of God to a life that is full of chaos? And for me to be a recipient of that in the storms and tempests that happen in my, <laughs> happen in my life and to be able to do that with other people is just, um, it's, it, it's something worth fighting for. And, uh, and I'm very grateful for the friends that are in my life and to be able to be a part of that with people. What you know what you know what I've really found out in the end is that um as I get the opportunity to hang out and to spend time in different rooms and uh, different opportunities for ministry and, and whatnot, is that um I have found that in the end what people most value is a friend. I mean, I can be in the room with high level executives and people with lots of wealth and people um, who are who are on the opposite of that and everything in between. And in the end, when you spend time with someone that they never really want to talk about the thing, what they want is they want to have connection with someone that's meaningful and that matters and that is a place that they can invest in that's not going to be disrupted. And that to me was what, that was the gift that was given to me. When somebody first leaned into me and didn't run away from me, when they experienced me as prickly and my sin was exposed 
And instead of running away from me, they ran towards me. That transforms how you think about life. And that's what was given to me. And in a lot of ways, that's what, that's, that's what drew me to counseling. Because here's this, here's this place where you go, wait a minute, I know and understand God's word. And I know, and I'm understanding and trying to see and to understand this person. And I know that the two connect somehow. And to be able to be um, a friend in a way that's appropriate for the context and the content and those things, but to actually to, to move towards somebody else um, is, a, is an immense privilege because I was able to experience those things in part and in different ways. And that just captivated me, the love and the care for people trying to unite and bridge those two things um, set a trajectory for me. You know what I'm realizing right now is that I'm just like rambling on <laughs> and you guys are just <laughs> sitting there and just, I'm just tired. That's the, pro you know, you're looking at it. I mean, you're, and now again, you're nodding for our listeners. They're nodding, they're smiling. So I feel like, you know, you're giving me some, you know, we're, we're uh, building some, relationships. Some verbal That's right. Yeah. yeah. Whatever. I'm just, I'm, I'm talking on here, but I, those are the, you know, when you're talking about those things, I, you know, I, yeah. I tend to care a lot about that. Well, I think, I mean, honestly, like I, I like having these kind of conversations. The point, the point of the podcast, the, these episodes is to get to know you in a way, but also to, to encourage our audience and to impart some wisdom. And that was a lot uh, of good stuff. And, that, and, and I love, and that was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm thankful for the question because it's, it's not one that we would ask, but I think it actually, sure. it made me want to go in a lot of different directions, which we sure, obviously yeah. don't have time to, but one of, one of the things that I'll hit on and then I'll ask you the next, next question is, how sure. much how much of the how many of the people coming for care and counsel they don't need a biblical counselor they need a friend you know like there are that, no right there are definitely oh. people who who yeah. are struggling with deep issues and they need some focused time but even that is it is a relationship but so many people are coming and it's like i mean i've sat it with couples yep. i've had marriage counseling where i literally say you do not need to be here you need to go hang out with another couple who's done marriage well and you just need to have a relationship with them um so yeah well I mean, yeah because it's that is it's so interesting and i was able to i was able to write an article recently that just talked about this idea of professionalized friendship that because because of some of the fallout of whether it be COVID or whether it be social cultural influences, the ability to cultivate friendships and the way in which that you're trying to relate to people has been mm -hmm. now just professionalized, right? Yeah. But it's so true. One of the things that that I feel like is so has was so um helpful to me is that just really demystifying counseling in some ways mm -hmm. by going, look, it's, it's actually, there is, there is a place where you can that, that in the context of ordinary friendship, that you can bring hope and encouragement. You can know and study and understand the scriptures together. You can see how those apply um, that now, certainly there are, there are some really dynamic and difficult things that are happening within the human experience that need to benefit from people who have both practical 
um, training as well as case wisdom to be able to know how to lovingly walk somebody through that maybe a, a friend might not have. But even I found in the context of friendship, when you get into those dark waters, that you don't pass the baton, you just tag in. So, yeah. you know, you end up coming in and you might meet with with somebody who has more training and experience, but, but you're in the room with them. Yep. So that, even as you think about it, that it really is friendship trying to move the idea of a heart model change and what we know in biblical counseling and to really be able to encourage people to move that down as far as you can to go, no, actually discipleship is counseling. And so Mm -hmm. to be able to experience that in the context of friendship uh, really does um, shape lives. It was funny to me one time there was someone who just was dealing with, I mean, really dark and hurtful and life altering things um in um in their life and you know time had kind of gone by and and uh i'd say you know did you did you go and find some help find some help and uh and she said uh she said you know what i did and the counselor said you know what um you actually don't need counseling because you have really good friends Mm -hmm. and it just was it was uh it's pretty powerful pretty powerful when you're able to to do that yeah well we've we've privatized spirituality in one sense right. and then mm-hmm. so like you you said it's not about it's about having the, the key things of life be similar not pickleball or whatever but so right. many people they don't go deep in friendship um and that's where right. like we we did biblical counseling training at our church out in california and one of the pastors who he like a bunch of people from his church came through the training and the thing that he said was that the level of conversation has been elevated because of the people right. who went and because they just knew the right kind of questions to ask, yep. how to really draw mm-hmm. somebody out, yep. how to listen mm-hmm. well and then bring bring scripture to bear. Yep. And like that's that's awesome. Like it didn't need to be in a in an office one week, one hour a week across the table from one person. It was elevating mm-hmm. the the and deepening, if you depending on which way you want to go with the metaphor, uh, the relationships that were taking mm-hmm. place in the church because people realize God's word has called us to be genuine friends and really been be in each other's lives. So well it's interesting. That's that's why that I mean I've moved I've moved to where it's very rare. It's very rare now where I'll be in a counseling room, I'll be in a counseling room without a friend with that. I would really in those early, in those early times with someone, I would say, okay, who, who can we invite? Who's somebody that you want to invite to join with you as we spend time together for all the, for all the other hours. I mean, we're going to spend an hour together, 45 minutes, but who's someone who's walking with you through all these things that we can invite to be a part of this together because it's so, um, it's so important. And what ends up happening very quickly at times is that then the, the the time that they're spending with their friends outweighs actually my my role after yeah. a while. Oh, it was like, hey, we, you know, yeah, and then it's uh, so it's a uh, it's a beautiful it's a beautiful reflection of what of what actually can happen when somebody does. It, it's also interesting to me that I think one of the other things that kind of comes out is that there is this perception of safety within a professionalized relationship. 
that I'm not going to be taken advantage of. I'm not going to, my secrets aren't going to go on the prayer chain or, you know, those kinds of things. And I think that creating, creating relationships that are trustworthy and are handling information appropriately and thoughtfully, because in the end, at least certainly from the vantage point that I have is that the one main reason why I don't want to share things to a friend is that I'm embarrassed of what they're going to find. And once I realized that, I go, wait a minute, the worst part about me is that I'm a sinner and that I have sin in my life and my heart is broken and of need and change. And yet, uh, but yet when someone, and certainly in my heart, comes to a place to go, wait a minute, actually the worst part about me is actually the platform for me to investigate and to celebrate and to experience the best part about me, which is that there is a Savior who has come to redeem and to change and that the, the beauty of the gospel is what really is my identity and who I am as a person. And so even though when you're getting to know me, you're seeing my sin in the process of that, what we're both wanting to see is our identity in Christ and how that works itself out. And so, you know, once I realized that I'm actually not at risk, at least, you know, Romans 8 says that I'm not, right? Yeah. That I'm ultimately not at risk. I mean, certainly sticks and stones and, and words can hurt, right? And people can hurt. But ultimately, that my identity with Christ is not at risk, it gives me a level of courage to be able to invite people to to walk in, in, in ways that, that give courage. And that's what friendship is. Yeah. Well, those are, that's a lot of good... A lot of good conversation. Hey, and it was great being on the show. Yeah, Thanks so much. Yeah, we're, 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 that was, that's where I'm headed. We're about done. Uh, <laughs> you guys will you guys will edit it down. It will be we'll no, be all right. We're not editing sure. anything. No, nothing uh, at all. So, Joe, we are almost out of time. <laughs> You're like, uh, we'd love to have an editor. That would be great. <laughs> we we have one, but uh, no, this is all this is all going in. So we are yeah. we are about out of time, and it's been a it's been a delight. We've uh, I've had the pleasure of being a friend, Joe, and sometimes some seasons that was a handshake a year some seasons that's been a bit more but I really appreciate you brother and we have two minutes we have a segment called two minute favorites at the end uh you ready for this TD? oh we're we already getting there okay yeah, oh yeah Damn. like we are actually out of time <laughs> don't don't okay. worry. so uh here we go I'm trying a new timer so we'll see if this starts all right what is your favorite kind of food sushi favorite gift you've ever given uh, the wedding ring to my wife. Favorite gift you've ever received? My wedding ring I got from my wife. Favorite color? Green. Favorite sport? Uh, I would say football. Favorite sports team? Uh, the Rams. Favorite word? Cultivate. Least favorite word? <laughs> Moist. <laughs> Classic. Favorite book of the Bible? Uh, uh, Philippians. Favorite book outside scripture? That one's a, that one's a hard one. Oh, uh, I would say George Mueller of Bristol, the autobiography, uh, the biography by E.T. Pearson, probably be <laughs> the first one that comes to mind. That's a tough one. Favorite, can favorite candy? Uh, not a big candy guy. Favorite ice cream flavor? 
also, I will eat just about everything when it comes to ice cream. I, I delight and enjoy ice cream to God's glory. I do. I do enjoy. I do enjoy a good um, butter pecan. Actually, <laughs> I know it's like I'm from the 1930s. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I'm a scoop of butter pecan and a hot coffee, please. <laughs> if you could choose any superpower, what superpower would you choose? Oh, time travel! Come on. Favorite animal? <laughs> the manatee. <laughs> Favorite job you've ever had? What are we doing? Like literally, what are we doing? This favorite awesome. job you've ever had, excluding your current job. Uh, favorite jo- favorite job I ever had. Yep. Oh, that'd be uh, serving in student life at the Masters University. All right. Well, that wraps up our time and our time. <laughs> our two minute favorites and our time. I, we, had, we, had so, we had so many. Uh, we had so many other questions about actual biblical counseling, and so. Well, you know, like I it was a uh, conversation about biblical right. counseling with or without the right? question. So, yep. Yeah. And I think, and, and for whatever it's worth, I just think that, you know, um, obviously as we've spent some time together and um, talking through different dynamics, I just, I'm really grateful for the biblical counseling movement as a whole and certainly for the BCC and the ways in which that it really strives to go, Hey, what is it? What does it really mean to, to lean in and on the craft, both in our understanding as well as methodologically, what it means to care for people. And uh, just grateful for you guys and for the the sweet excuse to hang out. So uh, yeah. I hope I hope it's helpful to your listeners. Certainly, uh, certainly it was fun to to think through these things with you. Well, we appreciate it. It was a blast, and thanks for being with us on the show. Anytime. Thanks for listening. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And special thanks to our team who helped make this podcast possible. My assistant, Rebecca Mullins, helps coordinate these interviews. And our podcast engineer, Caleb Lau, does a great job editing and putting everything together. We look forward to you joining us next time.